Today I'd like to talk to you about the benefits of praying in the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 14, the Apostle Paul says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So in other words, we can say that praying in the Spirit is actually praying in tongues. These two things are synonymous because if you're praying in tongues, your spirit's praying. If you're praying in the Spirit, therefore you're praying in tongues. And the main introductory point that I want to get across to you that is praying in tongues or in the Spirit is a new covenant prayer. This type of prayer was never given to the Old Testament saints. It came on the day of Pentecost. It's a sign that actually the new covenant has come into being. If you remember that under the old covenant, the Spirit could anoint them for certain purposes and for certain times. But under the new covenant, the Spirit doesn't just come periodically and for certain purposes, but he comes to stay in us, to abide in us. So the Spirit now has become a permanent resident within us. He's been sent by the Father through the work of Jesus Christ to dwell in us and to remain in us. In fact, in John 14 and 17, the Lord Jesus says, He will dwell in you and he will be with you. And again, this is a response actually to the cry of King David in Psalm 51, who asked the Lord to create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And listen to this, verse 11. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And this prayer of David has now been answered through Christ in the new covenant. The Spirit is given to remain. Jesus promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. So the Spirit comes and he remains. He abides. He lives within us. And of course, the great difference now is that under the old covenant, the Spirit would only anoint for certain periods and certain purposes and certain people as well, the kings, the priests, and the prophets, because the covenant was based upon the blood of bulls and goats, which of course couldn't remove sin, but just covered sin. Rather like a credit card doesn't remove debt, but it covers it for a period. But now under the new covenant, it is based upon the blood of Jesus Christ, which has totally removed sin. Therefore, those who trust in Christ have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb and made completely holy. And so now the Spirit can come and dwell in us and remain in us forever. The temple of Solomon, the tabernacle of Moses, were a picture of a reflection of the tabernacle in heaven. And in the old covenant, the Spirit of God would remain behind the veil in the Holy of Holies. But now that covenant is past, and we now have become the temple of God. And so the Spirit of God remains inside of us, the Shekinah glory of God. Hallelujah. And the main point that I want to bring out to you at the beginning here is the fact that if this is a new covenant prayer, this is a privilege 
that we have now because of the abiding spirit, then surely this is the type of prayer that we really need to be praying. It seems to be that if we are still praying as the Old Testament saints under the law, then we're not taking opportunity or take, making the most of this new covenant blessing that we have. Under the old covenant, the saints couldn't pray like we can pray today. So if we're just praying in our own native language like they did, then we haven't entered a new dimension of prayer that God has for us. And as you'll see, it's a dimension that is far more intimate. It's a dimension that prays out the mysteries of God. It's a dimension that allows us to pray the exact will of God. And so really, we should be praying in the Spirit all the time because this gives us an ability to communicate with God, to commune with God, to connect with God, and to bring out through our prayers the kingdom of God like never before. Hallelujah. Let me also say by way of introduction that maybe you're already baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you already pray in tongues. And so maybe you're listening to this and saying, well, pastor, I already do that. Well, great. I'm so happy that you do. Then just take what I'm saying now as an encouragement and take it as well as a word of edification so that you intensify this area. Because so often we receive the benefits of the new covenant but we perhaps don't make the most of them and as Paul said and we're going to look at Paul in a moment but as Paul said he received not the grace of the Lord in vain so every benefit or blessing that comes from heaven we've got to make sure that we don't receive it in vain but rather we're active in it and so my encouragement to you today is that um, you intensify or you increase you're praying in the spirit. Hallelujah. Obviously, we pray in our native language. If, you know, English I speak or Portuguese I speak as well. If I'm with people who speak those languages so that we can pray prayers of agreement. How can you say amen if you don't know what your brother or sister is praying? And there is power in the prayer, prayer of agreement. But actually, when we're on our own, in a sense, it's better to be praying in the spirit because that allows you to go to a deeper place in the spirit. That allows you to pray out the will of God. That allows you to pray out mysteries. And if you're just talking to God directly, spirit to spirit, heart to heart, then actually praying in tongues is a deeper form of communication. That's not to say, of course, we shouldn't pray in English or speak out the word in our native tongues. Of course not. You can do both. There's no rule or regulation. All I'm asking and all I'm encouraging here is to say that uh, pray lots in the Spirit. Pray lots in the Spirit. And at times when you intensify an area, you see the real breakthrough. You see the real result. I'm sure you all um, in your own upbringings have been through what most little boys do when they discover a magnifying glass. When, when I was a boy, I remember the craze hitting my school and we would all get magnifying glasses and in our break times we would go out into the gardens and the fields of the school and we would get the magnifying glasses and allow the sun's rays to, to pour through them and then we would focus the rays through the magnifying glass on a dry leaf and by doing so, it would intensify the light and intensify the heat of the sun's rays. And of course, 
very quickly that leaf would start to smoke and smolder and then burst into flames. And why is that? Well, because the ray of light was intensified. And so too in the things of the spirit, sometimes we can be doing things, but actually the only really ignite when you intensify or put it this way, the sun falls on us all, but some people know how to take that sun and create fire. And really that's what ministry is about. Creating fire, causing the move of God to, to expand, to explode around us. Hallelujah. And so maybe you are praying in the spirit, but I'm asking you today to intensify those prayers so that they have real impact and real result. The same thing, of course, happens with water. I mean, water is obviously a very soft substance, but actually, if you uh, take water and put it through one of these high-powered jets then that soft substance can actually start to cut through some of the hardest rocks, all because of intensification. So we're going to now look at some of the benefits of praying in tongues. And obviously it's my prayer today <clears throat> that this teaching will help you to intensify so that you can get more results and so that the kingdom of God can advance through you in a greater way, literally so that the Holy Spirit can... can uh, create fire through your your life and through your ministry and of course when i say fire jesus uh came to baptize us in the spirit of god and fire hallelujah it's fire that attracts in the dark night it's fire that warms in the coldness of night so this is part of the work of the spirit and i believe that praying in tongues intensely produces an environment where the fire of the holy spirit can manifest. Now the first benefit of praying in the Spirit is that it activates both health and healing. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 4, the Apostle Paul says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And maybe you've already uh, meditated upon that scripture, heard teaching upon that scripture, and you'll immediately agree with me that when Paul wrote that, he's very much talking about edifying himself in the spirit. So in other words, when you speak in tongues, it activates your spirit. And in fact, in Ephesians 5 and 18, Paul says some other words that confirm this. He says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here you have him saying that we should be filled with the Spirit by speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now obviously those spiritual songs point to literally singing in the Spirit or singing in tongues, which is a wonderful thing that you can do. You both pray and you, you sing out in the Spirit. And as you speak out or sing in the Spirit, literally it activates your spirit. And it causes you to be filled with the Spirit. Or uh, the literal translation there is, be ye being filled. In other words, you're filled and you become overflowing with the Holy Spirit. 
So as you pray in the Spirit, it's as if the Spirit who is dwelling within you begins to bubble up and bubble, bubble over. And of course, that's vital. Hallelujah. And the word edify here means to build up or to strengthen. So as you speak out in the Spirit, your spirit man gets strengthened. You become more sensitive to the things of the Spirit. You become more active. You become more alert. In a sense, you're your, your spirit now is in a place where it's not dominated by the body, okay, but it's the spirit that leads. So it's absolutely vital to pray in the spirit to keep yourself spiritually active, okay, spiritually alert, spiritually um, perceptive to the things around you. But the point I want to bring out here actually is on another side because when Paul says he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself he's not just talking about his spirit he's also talking about his soul and his body now let's think about the soul here the soul is made up of three parts the mind the will and the emotions and so when you pray in the spirit you're edifying or you're building up all those areas as well so thinking about the mind for example when you pray in the spirit literally your mind becomes more lucid you get to see more clearly you get to perceive things more clearly you get to be able to think through things more clearly and think through problems and have a spiritual perception over some of the things that you are facing when you pray in the spirit literally your spirit in a sense is activated to give light to your mind that's a great thing because we all need vision, we all need perception, we all need a lucidity in our minds to be able to think through. And thinking is one of the most difficult things to do. And so with the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, you can think at a different level. Remember the scripture says that we've been given the mind of Christ. If you think about it, our minds are so often darkened by fears and phobias and worries and anxieties that actually we don't get to be able to think clearly. But when your mind is strengthened by the Holy Spirit then it gives it a clarity you're able to understand things better wow that's a wonderful thing so praying in the Spirit gives you a clarity of mind okay now let's think about the emotions again so many believers have emotions that are up and down yo-yo type Christians as we've sometimes labeled it Okay, and of course, circumstances and situations are going to produce different types of emotions in you. But really, uh, we need to be in a place where we're consistent, where we're predictable, where no matter if people are criticizing us or they're applauding us, we're, we're the same, like Christ. We're the same yesterday, day, today, and forever. There's a consistency to our lives. You know, if Christ was just led by his emotions and by, or by, by, the, by circumstances that created emotions, then he wouldn't have done what he did. But it seems to be that whether they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna, or whether they cried out, um, crucify him, crucify him, he still just got on with the job. And so when you pray in the spirit, what happens is your emotions uh, how can I say stabilized or at least you have control your spirit controls your emotions rather than your emotions controlling your spirit and again just to remember it's not that emotions are bad things no it's just that we can't be led by them emotions add color and feeling sentiment to life 
but we can't be led by them. We need to be led by the Spirit in order to fulfill the will of God for our lives. So it's good when, you know, if you're somebody who's struggled with great emotional turmoil, you keep getting overly influenced by circumstances, by what people say about you or, or you know, by what happens around you, then pray in the Spirit and you'll become a more solid person who's unshakable, which is fantastic because people who are unbalanced in that area who are always moving changing then they're difficult to follow you can never be a strong leader if you're particularly emotional because you'll keep chopping and changing and, and people tire of following leaders that chop and change the whole time they follow people who are consistent who know where they're going who keep going you know no matter what's going on around them it doesn't seem to influence them too much I suppose that's the third area of the mind when we talk about the the will is part of the mind. And so when you pray in the spirit, you you you're clear about what you want to do. You have you have vision through your mind, but then you make a decision and you stick to it. And and so often people what they do is they make a decision and they change. And like I said, it's that's difficult for them, but it's also difficult for people who are around them because they're constantly chopping and changing. And so what praying in the Spirit does is it makes you know the will of God and then set your course and then stick to it. You know, you have more uh, resolve inside of you. And that's a real characteristic of a, of a man of God, a woman of God, a, a leader, somebody who pushes on and pushes through and gets to the destination out of resolve, out of decision. Hallelujah. So we're saying... Well, we're opening up this scripture where Paul said, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. He edifies his spirit or strengthens himself in the spirit in his soul. But here's the other really important one for such a time as this. And that is that he edifies or strengthens himself in the body, in the body. So this word edify here literally means to heal or to repair or to restore. Okay. So when you pray in the spirit, literally you are making yourself more healthy through the spirit okay now let me just perhaps make a difference here between divine health and divine healing obviously we all know that there is miraculous healing power in the holy spirit so that when people get sick we are able to lay our hands on them and remember the hand represents the hand of god and so by laying hands on or by anointing with oil, which again represents the hand of God or the Holy Spirit, then the supernatural remedy of heaven, the medicine of heaven, is transferred onto the sick person and they are healed. Hallelujah. So there are there is healing power in the Holy Spirit. And the and the way that that healing power comes to us is by the Holy Spirit, by a transference of the Holy Spirit. And so you can be miraculously healed as it was in the Gospels, as it was in the book of Acts. So indeed it is today. Healing and miracles are gifts of the Holy Spirit given to the church for today. Amen. But that's divine healing. There's also divine health. And that's really what the Lord has for his children. Uh, the promise of God as Jesus said in John 10 and 10, 
is for an abundant life. And that abundant life, again, speaks of every area of life, spirit, soul, and body. So how can you have an abundant life, a full life, okay, if you're sick the whole time, if you're weak the whole time, even if you're prospering materially, financially, if you're sick, you can't enjoy the prosperity. If you're sick, you can't enjoy your food, you can't enjoy your rest. You can't enjoy anything, really, if you're sick. And many rich people have discovered that, that they got wealthy without healthy. And really, it's kind of like, doesn't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything anymore. What's the point of wealth if you haven't got health? But the promise of God is that we have health, divine health. In fact, I've often taught upon one of the commandments, or the only commandment with promise, the scripture says, when you honor, honor your father and your mother, and you shall live long upon the earth. Well, how do you get to live long? Well, you get to live long if you're healthy. Healthy things live longer. Okay, so this is clearly a promise of God. And so how do you, you know, how do you remain healthy? Because I don't believe the plan of God is for us to get sick and then get healed and get sick and then get healed and get sick and then get healed all the time. No, God wants to release health or divine health in us. Build us up, strengthen us with his health, his life, so that we get sick less often. Or if you do get sick, that you have health within you that quickly overcomes that sickness or that virus or that disease. And again, the key is here. He who speaks in a tongue edifies his body, edifies himself. So literally, as you're praying out in the spirit, you're literally releasing healing power or divine medicine or let's say divine nutrients within you so that your body becomes healthier so that you can live longer so that you can live better here on earth hallelujah and um, i'm going to come back now to the apostle paul and we're going to see both these principles working in him but before i do that let me just remind you uh, of something that paul said he said in 1 Corinthians 14 and 18, that I give thanks to God because I pray in tongues more than all of you. Wow. Now that's really, really interesting. So Paul is talking about the church. He, he's speaking here to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth, if you remember, was a church that was highly active. Okay. It was really engaged, really involved. It was a huge church. Uh, Bible historians say it was probably between 100,000 and 200,000 people. And and Paul, um, it wasn't one of these churches that Paul constantly to encourage to do something, to get out there, to practice the gifts, to, you know, to, to engage in society. No, these guys were full on. Actually, you know, they were so engaged that Paul had to kind of, rather than inspire them, he just had to give them direction. They all wanted to prophesy at the same time, okay? So Paul had to say, no, no, prophesy one after the other. Have some order in your church. So everybody was really spiritually active, okay? But Paul here is saying, I pray in tongues more than all of you. So this is something that Paul did more than, in his opinion, more than anybody else that he knew, and especially more than these really active Christians, and the reason, well, one of the reasons why we really need to consider this is, of course, that if you read the book of Acts, which is the story of the early church, 
really the focus in the first few chapters is upon the apostle peter the disciples at pentecost receiving the holy spirit but as soon as paul comes onto the scene if you remember he's originally called saul saul of tarsus he meets the lord on the road to damascus he has that dramatic encounter he's converted baptized in water baptized in the holy spirit and commissioned by heaven as soon as he gets involved really the focus of the book of acts turns to him moves away from peter and goes to paul and as somebody has once said really the book of acts of the apostles perhaps should and could be called the book of the acts of the holy spirit and so what i'm saying is that really the holy spirit it seems uh, started to work through paul at a greater way than any of the other apostles and so you have to ask yourself well why is that and i think there are two keys that paul gives us in his own teachings and this is one of them okay he said i prayed in tongues more than you all but there's another thing he also says that he did more than everyone else in first corinthians 15 and 10 he says this but by the grace of god i am what i am and his grace toward me was not in vain but i labored more abundantly than they all yet not i but the grace of god which was with me now what he's saying here is that he didn't just pray in tongues more than everybody else but here he's saying i labored or i worked more abundantly than they all so there are two things that he seemed to do more than everybody else prayed in tongues more but he also worked more and interestingly if you look at the context of this he's comparing himself with the other apostles and so again what he's saying is that i worked or i labored more abundantly than the other apostles and these guys or of course the 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 guys who walked with the lord jesus who were fully committed fully involved okay anointed by the holy ghost at pentecost but paul is actually saying i worked more than them and again if you want to go deeper into a study of this actual passage theologians say that when paul said he labored more abundantly than than they all he wasn't saying that i labored more abundantly than peter or james or john he's actually saying i labored more abundantly than them all put together so something something uh, 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 a power within paul allowed him to do more than the others he was super productive and the book of acts seems to show that again he doesn't put it down to himself he can't glory in himself he just says but it was the grace of god which was within me and then he says well actually the grace I, I the grace toward me was not in vain in other words i used the grace that came to me that i was given so then you ask yourself the question well how did he use the grace how did he not receive it in vain well i believe these two scriptures tie together he prayed more in the spirit and he worked more than the others uh, he didn't receive the grace of the lord in vain but he used it and likewise he didn't receive the spirit in vain he used it so how do you in a sense receive the spirit in vain when you're baptized in the holy spirit but you don't pray much in the spirit you see you can receive stuff from heaven but it can remain passive within you the real thing is to respond to be hearers and doers of the word of god everything originates with god so he gives to us okay scripture says that we love we love god because he loved us first so you are loved by god 
but the real key now is to now respond with love towards God and towards people. Otherwise, that love towards you, whilst you're loved, it's remained passive within you. And it's love that gives you influence, that allows the kingdom of God to, to expand through you. So all God's children are loved, but it's when that love inside of you is shed abroad in your heart, it flows out of you, that you then become a highly productive believer, that you bear much fruit. And the same with the Spirit. So all believers are given the Spirit. It's by the Spirit that we believe, okay? The Bible says that without the Spirit, we can't confess that Christ is Lord. And then we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which not all believers have experienced. I understand that. But even the ones who have experienced, uh, many of them don't really pray much in the Spirit. They don't respond much in the Spirit. So praying in the Spirit for them is something that they do perhaps every now and again when there's a highly anointed moment in church or in the in worship time but really it's not an everyday practice and as you'll see that Paul recommends actually that you pray in the spirit at all times hallelujah it's something that you can build into your everyday life no matter where you are and no matter what you're doing and coming back to this point, really, I believe that that's exactly Paul's lifestyle. And because he was praying so much in the spirit, that activated his spirit. It activated or strengthened his soul. It strengthened his body so that he was able to labor more abundantly than all the other apostles. Hallelujah. I'm giving you keys here, guys, how you can have a highly fruitful ministry, how you can achieve so much more. I mean, it's incredible how sometimes you come across believers who are doing so much, seem, seeming to get so much into their day, influencing so many people, whereas others, you know, the same 24 hours and the same day seem to be achieving much less. And I believe this is a massive key for you, that by praying in the Spirit, you strengthen yourself, you edify yourself so that you can achieve so much more. And of course, you're born again, you're a child of God, you now want to, in some way, shape or form, express your gratitude to God through, uh, through what you do here on earth. I know that, that is the heart of the believer. And I'm saying today to you that by praying in the Spirit, you are able to do so much more. I'm saying to you here that by praying in the Spirit, you become a stronger believer, strong in spirit, soul and body. Hallelujah. And we're looking at the life of the Apostle Paul, and we're going to see now how this operated through him. You're going to see actually how he was kept in divine health, okay? But also healing power flowed through him wherever he went. And I believe one of the reasons is because he prayed a lot in tongues. He prayed a lot in the Holy Spirit. And by doing so, he didn't receive the grace or the benefits or the blessings of God in vain well thank you so much for tuning in today and we like to finish with an opportunity for people to give their lives to christ and if you've never done that before say these words after me lord jesus come into my life i receive you as my lord and as my savior and i thank you for a new heart and a new start amen and we believe that you've now been born again. And we encourage you to join a Christ-centered church in your area. God bless you.
To acquire more teachings to help you grow in wisdom and grace, check out our website, thegreatmission.org, where you can order paper copies or Kindle versions of inspiring materials, such as There's a Miracle Coming Your Way. Finally, we would also ask you to consider becoming a partner of TGM, The Great Mission. Through a network of missionary evangelists, we are holding events in Asia, Africa, and South America to get the gospel of grace in word and action to hundreds of families every month. We hold grace festivals where multitudes of needy people have received food parcels and been transformed by the message of God's goodness and grace. By becoming a monthly partner, you can be part of a worldwide harvest of souls. Thanks for your consideration.